Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. Well, we are thrilled to be joined by the hilarious comedian, Mr. Greg Edwards. What's going on, fellas? What's up, man? Hey, thanks for having me on, man. This is great. So good to have you. It's been too long, Greg. It's been a minute, man. I've I've known Greg. We met fucking six years of 2014 i think well yeah, we were on, i don't i mean i just i'll say it if you want to see me host uh and talk with greg on youtube nation YouTube uh, Nation, youtube's <laughs> daily show pod, partnership with uh david katzenberg that's why i got all that quibby hate in my heart um <laughs> <laughs> yeah back when you were doing sparky man it's it's Hell so yeah. good to see you man it's so good good to, to see you too man yeah. and uh congrats on the success of the show too man this is dope oh, just, oh yeah. thank you so much y'all killing I mean, it the last time we hit the road, a pandemic basically cut that short. So, uh, you know, but <laughs> I think that's we, that's just a, that's the, the the gravity of the show, the the, yes. the force of this movie. I we shut the nation down. We shut. That's just how dope it is, you know. God Canada is just trying down. to, you know, bring yeah. that ego down a little bit. That's yeah. what it then is. it did. That it yeah. did to the yeah. point where, yeah. yeah, now I cry on Zoom therapy. So, <laughs> thank you, God. Beautiful. Leave. <laughs> Technically, we're called super spreaders. Um, but oh yeah. right, yeah. Oof. Anyway, but yeah, good to, good to see you. Good to see you. Good to see you. Good to, good to be here. Good to be here. Good to be here. How's uh how's pandemic life treating you? You know, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of having a good time, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I, this is like the most time I got to spend with my lady. You know, yeah. we you know we work different jobs, so now we're both working at home. So I'm chilling in the office with my girl. We just. You know, we eat dinner every night. I'm not out running around doing shows. I'm just really spending a lot of QT with my lady. Uh, it's been, you know, it's been trying to just trying to really focus on what's like really important. So, I mean, besides everybody, a lot of people dying right. and a lot of people losing their jobs and losing yeah. their income and all that terrible shit. Uh, yeah. I, I've, I've been trying to like at least look at the silver lining of... Uh, People are starting to realize what's really important in life and shit like that. So yeah, yeah. Thursday lesson. morning was a hell of a morning, uh, just news wise to wake up to Herman Cain passing the Crazy. president, Clint, like, the president trying to, you know, end democracy in our country. Yeah. Uh, plus, NBA is coming back. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, um, look, if the NBA being canceled signaled to us that things were bad, shouldn't we just as much use the NBA coming <laughs> back right. to say that, hey, baby, we're back, <laughs> like, or we're dropping to a new level of yeah, health. of yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Have y'all watched any of the games? The exhibition yeah, I games. The, I watched a couple of the scrimmages. Just you know, I, I had just something on, and I'm I and I, as a Laker fan, I'm like, yeah, let's just let's just get let's get a weird championship in this season. I love how I like quiet it. it is in there. It's like yeah. you, can hear him, you can hear him yelling. That's the great thing about a lot of the sports now. It feels like when you used to go to like a community college sports game, yeah, right, and it was right. like, yo, I can hear the players and the coaches, dude. Like I don't even hear the. There's no fucking crowd here, but this I can hear. Them. Yeah, like it's kind of talking shit. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna. I, that's gonna be a list you're gonna start seeing as like best shit talkers that have been revealed during the pandemic <laughs> league mm-hmm. because 
Yeah, you're gonna be able to hear everything. That oh, uh, that Dodgers pitcher who said "nice swing, bitch." Uh, oh, Joe so, Kelly. Yeah, and got suspended for 22 games. Uh, really? Yeah, for it nice was bullshit. It's fucked up. I mean, it's fucked up. I mean, yeah. look. We're playing the Astros. You know, there's some fucking yeah, pro- there's problems. There's fucking they stole the World Series. Okay, so From yeah, there's the gonna, Dodgers. There's gonna be problems. And yes, he was be. I mean, Joe Kelly. He's like one of those players, like how Ron Artest used to be when he wasn't right. on the team you fucked with. Where you're like, yeah. I hate this motherfucker. Get him out <laughs> yeah. of the fucking league. Like, but then he's on your team, and you're like, Yes, yeah, go baby. on, Ron. And nice swing, yes. Yeah, when you got when you got like the Walton Goggins, Johnny Knoxville crossover face. Uh, talking shit to you from the mound, it's really something else. Oh, that's a God, bumper sticker, man. That's a t-shirt. Oh, yeah. Um, nice swing, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. It's easy. It's easy. Put that comma on the end of that swing. Yeah. <laughs> nice swing, bitch. <laughs> but I feel like the major leagues, like, because they suspended him for way more than uh, you would have expected, but I think they're just trying to get their get ahead of the fact that people are going to be throwing at the Astros constantly because they should should. because fuck the Astros. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what they should do is one batter should go up there as tribute. And then be like, all right, you got to get it out of the way. Yeah. The first pitch is from your closer, just like a fastball. That's how they throw out the first pitch. And the person who's catching it is just an Astro who doesn't have a glove. Uh, no, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's actually no catcher. It's just one batter. He's straddling home base with his arms out like that Da Vinci fucking diagram with like the hands, like just sprayed out. Just be like, all right, man, send it, send, it. send it, let's go. Uh, and like, and then, but they do that to protect the other batters, you know. Yeah, and then I think you feel good. Oh man, but I'm, I'm excited for the NBA. This is gonna be hopefully. Okay. It's just a tough, it's a weird thing, you know, because on one level, it's like these people are getting better care than like the frontline workers (laughs) just so we can get some shit going on TV. But then I'm like, yeah, but you know, it helps distract me from the fact that the frontline workers aren't being taken care of. So what do I do? Oh, yeah. It's, it's everything is just so painfully surreal, uh, no matter how you look at it. Yeah. And NBA players are pretty elite at what they do like to everybody wants to be an nba player they're like the greatest athletes in the world so i'm not saying they deserve to be taken care of better than doctors (laughs) but you're saying but you as like a joe schlub you're like well i would i will give up my medical care for them so it's like that picture that was going around where people uh NFL players were kneeling, and in the background, a cop was like standing up, and someone was like, "His job's so much harder than the NFL players." It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> you can murder people and then get a pension, right? And then you get NFL CTE in the NFL, and they the forget about hardest you. job. Uh, anyways, in a, Greg, in a year they forget yeah. about you in a year, right? <laughs> no, what's something that you think is overrated? Okay, this is controversial. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I've recently discovered Dr. Seuss is hella overrated. In having to read the children's (laughs) book to my baby, let me tell you something. Mm -hmm. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish is trash. (gasps) Trash. I did. Listen, the original bars. Listen, no, Dr. Seuss has hits. He's got hits. I'm not trying to take away some of his great ones, but everyone just knows the one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. I defy anyone to read all 30 to 40 pages of that book out loud. To yourself, your friends, or your child, and not be like, 
this is garbage. Wait, there's more than just that one page that says one fish, two fish, exactly. red fish, blue that's fish? That's what I'm saying. Oh. Wait, what they be saying? What's, oh. what's the rest of it? Oh, <laughs> I've yeah, never heard like, anything else. Do you have a zoink? Go get a yoink. How much zoink <laughs> can a yoink go boink? It's just like it's gibberish and lazy writing. Oh, so, man. I'm sticking, but listen, I'm sticking. He was by. on a wave. He was on a wave, you know, like right. he was just I, writing that shit. They're like, right. I mean, it's going off. The kids are loving he it. He was the Shakespeare of our time. All Come I'm on say, now, one fish, I'm two say, fish, red fish, blue what, fish. I'm saying he he's allowed to rest on his laurels of a good catchy yeah. title. No one's reading the entire anthology and realizing right. yeah, how lazy the nope. book got. I don't think I've ever. I remember even as a kid getting tired of it. Like maybe Green Eggs and Ham is the only one I've read all the way That's through because I can kind of remember what it was about. Everything else, I'm like, yo, this is just and some look, shit. He, and he's we got, made I think Green Eggs and Ham. Right, Green Eggs and Ham has bars. I think I forget the title. I think it's like the Sneeches and the Starbelly Fish or something that was all. Oh yeah, Starbelly Sneeches. Yeah. yeah, and like so, he's got some heat. Like I'm not. I'm not saying right. as a whole he presents no value, but I'm saying right. he's overrated. If you look at the whole, yeah. Because right now you sound a little bit like Lil Xan when he said Tupac was overrated. Uh, right. And he, those Which, kids pressed him at the Del Taco and Cerritos. <laughs> I saw that video. That was like Lil Xan. No, but I'll ride harder for Tupac than I will yeah. for Dr. Seuss. No, but I just, I just like, in the beginning of the vibe of, of uh, Lacey and I were like, Dr. Seuss. Oh, okay, somebody better let him know. What well, you know what? I will say this. Like, Dr. Seuss was getting the coins, right? So he had the popping books. But sometimes, you know, when you're getting coins to just crank out a book every now and then, you got to crank out some mid at some point. Right. I mean, there's sure. truly a song that's put on a happy face by uh, Destiny's Child. And I listened to it the other day in the car and realized that I think they just didn't write the song. Like, mm. it's like, I'm breathing, I'm grateful, so put on a happy face. They have, like, a good chorus, and then everything else is, like, people on the beat. Like, Kelly Rowland comes on, she's like, it's me. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I was like, where's the song at? And then Michelle comes on, she's like, everything's going to be all right, oh. everything's going to be okay. And I was like, no one wrote this song. But you yeah. know that they couldn't give Michelle the it's me lyric, because no one would know who it was. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> is she Okay. I feel like Kelly, I mean, I always hear about Kelly, you know. I Tanitra? Just... Tanitra is doing just fine. Oh, I mean, not Tanitra. Okay, yeah. I'm, well, everybody. That's Kelly. That's uh, Michelle's real name is Tanitra. It, really? It is? Yes. They took oh. that girl's name away because they said her name was too ghetto. They all wow. got the names. Uh, Beyonce, Calandria, and Tanitra. Yeah. That's Destiny's Child. See what I happens? They Ellis, they so Ellis Islanded their names. Be, wait, Beyonce is the only one that got to stay... Gotta be Beyonce. Of course. And her name is literally a last name that her mama like zhuzhed up. The last name is Beyonce, and then she made it Beyonce. Wow. You know what, Tina? Dude, you know what, Tina? All right. There needs to be a Tina, Tina Knowles name generator. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like you put your name in and she then it gets names. and it gets Tina Knowlesified. Uh you know what? Somebody somebody Solange. build that. Yeah. Ooh, Solange Selectives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that shampoo. Um <laughs> All right, let's look at uh, just national opinion around Black Lives Matter. Just because I started getting, like, for the very first time, some... like. So I remember a time when the arguments around gay marriage were viewed something uh, like the arguments around defunding the police are now. Uh, like, you know, it's obvious to us what is right, but there are political roadblocks that make it not feasible at all in the near term. Uh, and then suddenly everything shifted and it was a majority uh, opinion that people who loved each other should be able to marry each other. But the difference between the mainstream public reception of 
just the kneeling protests, which obviously not the crux of the issue, but it is like a signifier, uh, yeah. have been shifting really significantly. You know, it was a minority, uh, like a pretty significant minority opinion in favor of the people kneeling during protest. And uh, recently, CBS News asked people whether uh, kneeling during national anthem to protest racial discrimination is acceptable or unacceptable, and 58% said acceptable. So we're starting to see at least some sort of shift uh, in the overall you know, public perception of, of this conversation around police violence and you know, white supremacy. But, right. uh, you know, so when there's a question like this, we obviously look to our national expert on these issues, Rush Limbaugh, mm-hmm. uh, who has some interesting <laughs> things to say on, on the <laughs> issue. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. This fucking old white man, he's so out of touch. It's so there's like this poll that he was talking about his show that showed like some, you know, something like 65. There was 65 percent support. Uh, somewhat of the Black Lives Matter movement, and he's just like, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Like, what's going on here? Uh, so we're gonna, we're talking to this guy who's a, he's a, he's a, a cab driver in St. Louis. He's gonna let us know what he's saying. <laughs> so first, he has this man on who's a cab driver from St. Louis, and this first they start off the thing. They're both kind of in disbelief that they're seeing a lot of Black Lives Matter yard signs up. This is what he's gonna describe, and he's also tries to explain like what the Black Lives Matter yard signs are really about. Um, that's 65% poll for Black Lives Matter, in my opinion, 100% reflects the outrage over the killing of George Floyd. It does not reflect support for the full Black Lives Matter. Somehow the poll was able to capture that in the way it was worded or the way they led people or however it was communicated. That's what they tapped into. Half the Black Lives Matter signs out there came up right after George Floyd was killed. So that's <laughs> okay. I don't mm-hmm. know what, what I, again, because I think in the conservative media sphere, Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization funded yeah. by George Soros that is right. here to basically mm-hmm. wreak havoc on white communities by destroying the police so that thugs uh, and Millie rockers and break dancers uh, can <laughs> run loose on your fucking streets. Like, Ray, Ray Schreiber fans. Yeah. <laughs> Ray gang out here. Uh, but Rush Limbaugh famously has no type. So he's a definitely a Ray Schremert fan. So his whole thing is so after he hears that, you know, like there's, he's like, he has to cut this man off. And he's like, wait, people got yard signs? Listen to this one. Are you, uh, hold on. Are you, are you telling me that uh, as, you, as you work your average day driving around in St. Louis, you, you see Black Lives Matter signs like uh, you would see a Trump sign or a Biden sign in Absolutely. people's front yards? Lots of them, yeah, sure. That's a long pause he does after that. <laughs> That's a, yeah, I was like, wait, is that? <laughs> he was like, wait, hold on, hold on. They're like white people who put a sign in their yard saying that they think Black Lives... Okay, so this is how much... He goes even deeper into the denial. This motherfucker then ha- he has to survey the studio because he can't believe what oh, this man, man just said to him on the phone. Listen to this part. No, 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 no. Wait, wait. I need to do a survey here. Have you guys seen Black Lives Matter signs in yards? Not in your neighborhood. You're, I have never seen a Black Lives Matter sign anywhere like, like you see a Trump sign or a, a, any other politician sign. You're saying that Black Lives Matter signs are, are, are all over the place in St. Louis? 
Absolutely. They were originally in the African-American neighborhood. Then he goes on and blah, blah, blah. And Rush Limbaugh can't please the Lord. What? What the fuck? 65? People like vanilla Coke? Yeah. What is going on? There are, there are that many race traitors? Basically. Oh, my God. So then he's now, has, so he's he can't, he doesn't know what the fuck to think. Reeling. He is he's reeling. reeling. He then convinces himself that it's these pollsters that are, you know, work, reworking the data to present a, a, you know, a very unbalanced opinion of what the country actually looks like. You, but, but the pollsters obviously are doing this purposely because I'm telling you folks, I, I think this is, this is another attempt by Gallup and whoever the pollsters are to shape public opinion and not reflect it. Because I refuse to believe, I refuse <laughs> to believe that 65% of the American people support this insanity. Wow. See, it's, I think it goes refuse to show to you what our bubbles look like on all sides, right? Show Whether me, yeah. it's pro progressives, liberals, not believing that there is an entire nation of aggrieved working class white people who are looking for, just uh, don't know what to make of anything and are willing to vote for this racist guy. The same way this man has been so insulated by his uh, you know, ignorance and racism that he, he's not even in a situation to be around people who would voice their support and alignment with the Black Lives Matter movement. Like, that is really telling. And whether that's willfully he's not trying to look at it, or he's it's not willful, it's happening, and it's just very interesting... There's a very like visceral re rejection oh, he's yeah. having to it. It's not, it, it feels different than him just being like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. Cause you know, there's going to be these liberals are out here. Yeah. They're, they're, they're going to do anything. It was almost like he couldn't, he's like, they're at our doorstep. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's they're so here. great though. It's great. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like when, when it gets to that point where they're like, oh, it's here, but I just can't accept it. It's great, you know. It's yeah. like those dads that I couldn't accept my son being gay, and then it's just right in my face, and I just got to deal with it. You got to deal like, oh, with all right. it. Yeah, it's all right. Tom ain't so think, bad. I think the same thing, even like with the gay marriage thing, right? It's like a weird, outdated like opinion that has just sort of existed in culture. And if you haven't taken the time to examine it, or you and your life has not intersected with a person in the same sexual relationship, or you know, non traditional marriage, uh, then yeah, like. You, 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 you might not be able to get rid of those things. But then the second you do, and it sort of becomes, you're like, yeah, what the fuck do I care if the gay people get married like that? Yeah. That actually has nothing to fucking do with me. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. And then the same way with this, like, yeah, what the fuck do I care if I'm like, yeah, dude, like, police need to relax on, like, this, like, <laughs> racism shit. Like, that actually that literally doesn't affect me. I'm saying, like, yeah, in fact, like, I think it would be cool if there was less bullshit. Now, I think a lot of people agree with that general statement, but then when you get down to the defunding and those other sort of details, maybe things start to fracture. But that sentiment of sort of like, do you believe it's bad for police officers to brutalize unarmed black and brown people? It's right. like, um, yeah, 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 I think yeah, so. Yeah, and yeah. rest of them was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Are you serious? And then, then, so then because... See, because when we all are faced with some realities and some truths, we just cannot accept. We got to start spinning the wheels and be like, there has to be another explanation. So that he's, he has an idea where that 65% came from and who's really been driving this whole Black Lives Matter uh, movement. What is it called? Like the eight, the six degrees, the eight oh, sorry, degrees of like, um, 
of dealing of coping was it you know like oh those, yeah the eight stages of yeah, <laughs> oh yeah like grief. denial that's what he, he went through there you saw yeah. the whole thing coping trying yeah. to like uh yeah. rationalize negotiating yeah, rationalization yeah. He, he went through all of that in that clip because we had, are we had sure they didn't reverse the numbers it's not 56 <laughs> or five percent okay. or six percent yeah in yeah. that poll did they ask if black lives matter or if white supremacy is chill if it's a whole ass vibe, they need to word these polls so Gen Z understands what we're talking about. Is white supremacy a wave? <laughs> um, so yeah, this is him now being like, okay, nah, <laughs> whatever stage of grief is, which I guess you yeah. just blame white women for everything. Yeah, I guess, you know. Now, I classic. believe that 65% of millennial white women might support it. Hmm. But I don't believe 65% of the American people do. I know that this protest is largely driven by millennial college-educated white women. Huh. You know, more and more women, I'll, get, I'll, I'll show you what I mean in the next hour, but more and more young women in this country are becoming nothing more than, than hoods. Your average ne'er do well in the hood, white women. Um, what ne'er do wells? White women, hey, millennial white women, you are the new black men. <laughs> Welcome, according oh, in the eyes of the great Rush Limbaugh. Can, so his whole Whoa. again <laughs> ne'er do wells in the hood. You ask any black person, <laughs> one of my any, favorite movies. Ask any person <laughs> who has been around any activism the last couple of months. You'd be like, who's driving this? Oh, yeah, millennial white women. (laughs) But I think because the allyship is so so visible, and you see, like, I think that's the problem, is he cannot believe that he's like, white women? Like, white women used to pull up for racism very subtly. And now they're marching for black lives. I can't. So I think to them, because white women are, like, the greatest force in politics in this country, it's like, that's who's behind Black Lives Matter. Right. It's not all of these. It's not the entirety of the country that is rejecting systemic racism. <laughs> it's these white women who went to Sarah Lawrence. You know, <laughs> that's who's behind the Black Lives. I don't know who Angela Davis is. You did, did know she, he has a. Niece. Did she go to Scripps College for Women? <laughs> it's like what the these liberal art degree yeah, white like, women. <laughs> you know he has a niece. There's a niece or a cousin oh, yeah. or a second cousin who's behind this opinion. Who, right, right. Who's thinking you know, of shaded him at Christmas or something a couple years back, and he's you like, know, I'm really disappointed in Melissa. She she changed her last name because she didn't want to be a limba. Right. <laughs> Shit. Bullshit. So yeah, I mean, you hate to see it and you love to see it. Uh, that is but, my favorite piece of audio we've ever but had I th- on the yeah right. On the show. I think uh, yeah. Shout out to Wonkat for pointing me in that wow. direction. Uh, but. But I think at the same time, this is also this what's going on in the minds of some of these older white racists and younger white racists who are like, like, like I said, it's the fourth quarter for right. some of these people. And yeah, they're like, dog. I'm not going to just sit here and let I'll be damned if I let white supremacy go by the wayside just like that, because some college educated white women decided to make some signs. Right. Um, and that's why, you know. That the opposition will grow, I think, or maybe you'll see how many people really have that kind of energy. Like, I'm sure it sucks to be like, oh, my brand is losing. Uh, it sucks. But then, but just the same, you see these counter protests where there are plenty of people who are willing to, you know, confront uh, allies of the Black Lives Matter movement or anybody who is against systemic uh, white supremacy. So, 
All right, so let's uh, take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, Amy, what is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false or vice versa? Uh, I was talking to my mom about this last weekend, and I think the the myth of um, you can't change a man. Mm-hmm. Y'all are so stupid. Like, of course, of course we can change. What? Like, don't you guys feel like you've been changed by women? Pretty oh, yeah. easily and well, willingly. I think it's that's the thing is you can't change uh, a a man who has no willingness or openness to like I think love or anything like that. I think being yeah, in love can. with somebody if you're has, really good if you're really good at it, you can. Yeah, you could, but I feel like I've done I think I've done the kinds of work out of the kinds of shit where maybe someone would be like, You can't change a man because I love somebody and I realized I'm like, Oh yeah, like it's not just they're saying I'm wrong or something, but like I can do better, and in this relationship, I can, you know, move to a higher plane through that. Uh, yes. For, yeah, so for sure. And also, like, let's be real, on a superficial level, oh, my God, how quickly I've changed because someone was like, do you like Harry Potter? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I fuck with Harry Potter hardcore. So. <laughs> yeah, for entertainment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not anymore. We're not allowed to fuck with no, Harry no. Potter No, no. See, and that's why I was on the wave before anybody. You know, Entertainment, I mean? clothing, the house decorations you know like all the decor yeah there's so many things that are so easily changed oh yeah i mean yes i I actually (laughs) haven't heard that myth that much you've never heard someone (laughs) say you can't change a man i don't think so i don't know why it's on my mind it's probably because i've been thinking about sam rockwell not wanting to have children so much Um, right because I also don't want to have children, but I want to have his, and I'm like, I'm like working, I'm like working on it. Whoa, okay, so hold on, you just you your policy shifted quite dramatically. You went from I want to be childless to the only reason I am on this earth potentially to procreate is is because of Sam Rockwell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have Sam Rockwell's babies. We would both have to change our minds, but I do feel like I could I could do it. You know, yeah. I can change. I feel like I could change any man, yeah. truly. Yeah, absolutely. Is that like, is that is that cocky? With enough <laughs> rope and ether, I mean anything. Right. <laughs> um, finally, Noah, what's a myth? What's something people think is true? You know, to be false or vice versa. Well, I don't know that a lot of people think it's true, but I'll say based on stories and tweets that have been surfacing over the last few weeks, I would like to attack the myth head on that white Jews are fake Jews that stole the identity of the original Israelites. And I'm not even here to take away Judaism (laughs) or identity from anyone else. I'm not here to say that the original Israelites were white because we all know that they weren't. The original Israelites Mm -hmm. and Hebrews were absolutely black or brown. Um, But I, as an Ashkenazi Jew, am not here as a result of identity theft. Right, I, <laughs> right, right, right. I, I am also truly a Jew. That was more the result of diaspora and expulsion that led into Europe. Yeah. I like the way that you phrase this because... Do you mean... What? You know, I was going to say, Noah, you man, know. you're not going to be able to go to a barbershop with that talk, man. <laughs> right. This is P-Kotep. Yeah, P-Kotep. This is okay? We were a real Hebrew Israelite. Yeah. Like, this is like Nick Kendrick Cannon got Lamar, caught out there. Nick Cannon. <laughs> yeah, it's it's getting hot out there. Yeah, it's really Stop something that else. Milk, girl, that's why you got your period. Like very hotel. <laughs> it's top peak hotel. Yeah, it's um, it's it. Very many interesting conversations had to be had. I know people who work at the radio station where Nick Cannon records his show at. I used to work there, at Power One Hundred Six, mm-hmm. and you know, I saw some people defending him, and I'm like, what are you doing exactly? 
And they're like, well, they're- well, like him as a person, like he's good to me. And I'm like, but the thing you have to understand is what he said on his face is just just bold anti-Semitism. Like, no well, matter how you Well, the thing is, I'm not, I'm not even coming for Nick specifically. And, not and even that. Is, I'm just, and, yeah. Right. And, but like all the statements that had been coming out when it started with Deshaun Jackson's repost of a fake Hitler quote, it's like. Right. I can't speak for every Jew, but I know I was never bothered or offended by the idea that the original Hebrews were black. I don't think anyone was arguing that or upset by that. I was offended by the idea that the identity was then stolen by white Jews who are using the Hebrew identity to dominate the world through a Zionist global agenda. And I'm like, now you're just talking tinfoil hat shit. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oof. I will say, though, I think that in polarizing times, we do start to see like our Jewish brothers and sisters kind of come back out of the woodwork because I won't lie. I do. I have felt at times I want to articulate this in a way that's clear and not offensive, but like some minorities have been able to not be minorities at times. Oh, sure. Whereas I've never had the privilege to do that. Absolutely. Um, And so I think that some of the things that they're saying comes from this animosity of like, oh, we're not allowed to not ever be minorities. Like, you know what I mean? Ab- but oh, it's it articulated in a horrible way, and it's very anti-Semitic, and it's not even accurate, which is why it's so embarrassing to see so many people defending it, because they, I think where their real angst comes from is that, and not from I, I, white yeah. Jewish I, I, people I, I will, stealing identities. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say this. I don't think there's any question that both racism anti- and anti-Semitism exists. And I also don't think there's any question that it's more difficult to be black in America and arguably in the world than it is to be Jewish in America. So um, there's a lot of layers to this discussion. I'll also say that yeah. I think the Jewish community could have been better over several decades of not resting on the we march with King in the 1960s. So we're always like there's absolutely ways that the Jewish community in general could have been better allies over the years and over the decades with the black community. Not to say that there aren't Jews or the Jewish community that has consistently been on that. Like I would like to think that I have always um, been a good ally to the black community, but I'm just one person. But, but that is a separate discussion from the idea that white Jews aren't Jews at all. Like we're talking about two different things. They're conflating. Right. There's, there's absolutely validity to what you were saying. And I think frustrations boil over and then discussions bleed into each other and things get Mm -hmm. said that have nothing to do with each other. But in terms of the myth, I'm trying to dispel, I'm trying to get rid of the myth that white Jews are fake Jews. Yeah. And I think even with a lot of the times where people were coming out with those, just those conspiracy theories, uh, and then the, when they had to realize, they're like, oh, right, what I said is dangerous and bad. Actually, I don't mean that. Then there was a secondary effect where people were like, why are you letting these white people silence you? And right. then there was like, there was another level of not examining what was being said. And like, this whole thing was being reduced to like, you see what happens when you speak the truth. Right. And that's, silence. that's like, when mm, that's it becomes dangerous. like a snake eating its tail where it's like, okay, right. you say Jews control the media, then you get in trouble by Jews or in the, in the media. And all of a sudden, Jews look bad for calling out anti-Semitism just because they're using the media to call out the anti-Semitism that was spread yeah. through it. So it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Well, obvi- also, I think that what people forget is, is that anti-Semitism and the whispers of Jewish people having control and power are literally what sent Germany into the Holocaust. So it's like hate speech is so dangerous and, it, and you can't 
uh, get upset with people for silence stopping it immediately because it's killed people. Right. It's, it's been so dangerous. But I think and people don't want to look at it as like, oh, me saying that is actually anti-Semitism. I think it's like a very narrow way to preserve your ego to be like, what I said is facts and therefore what mm-hmm. you can take from that, I'm not going to, I'm not interested in the nuance of what I said. That's what I said. Uh, right. And, and deeper than that, I will say a lot of Jewish people aren't even educated on Jewish history to the point where like anytime anti-Semitism arises, Jewish people are always Holocaust, Holocaust, Holocaust. But the truth is there's been uh, anti-Semitism that has hurt Jewish people based on economic anti-Semitism or the rumors of trying to dominate or control things since right. the beginning of European civilization. And so it's like it's been happening for way longer than before 1940. Yeah, right. And so that's exactly. where it gets dangerous. There's a historical precedent going back to the 800, right. 900, 1200, 1400, where Jews were expelled from countries or attempted to be genocided over the thought that they were controlling finances or, you know, the media or resources of the time. So right. that that's where it gets historically dangerous. But that being said, uh, it, it's a tough time. A lot of people are frustrated and there's a lot of misdirected frustration and anger. And I understand. Yes. Yeah. And also just because anti-blackness is pervasive. So, you know, I think a lot of that is just reactionary behavior from people who don't understand that they're talking about two completely different things. Um, And it's really disappointing, though. I love that Nick Cannon apologized. I know you weren't speaking specifically about him, but his apology felt very sincere. I loved it. I loved Mm -hmm. it. Honestly, it was like I wasn't sitting around waiting for an apology from anyone, but Mm -hmm. I thought that his apology was incredibly authentic, sincere. I was moved by it. I appreciated it. And uh, and all I'll say to kind of wrap up the subject, because I don't want to dominate the show with this topic, but I will say that one thing I've been very outspoken for is it's incredibly important that Jewish people out there don't use this as an excuse not to continue to support the black community in their fight for equality. I, I think it's really, really important now more than ever that Jews double down on their allyship, support Black Lives Matter, support black causes and continue to build that relationship as opposed to letting this be a bridge that burns down. Absolutely. Right. And also, we're not a monolith. Like, we're not all hoteps. Like, yeah, yeah. I also, I also don't think the things that have been said are representative of the popular Black community's thoughts. But the the reason it's kind of amplified is there's it's being said by a lot of Black people who have large platforms over the last few weeks. It's just intensified with Black celebrities coming out and saying it's a it's a wild how many like old hip hop people I've had to put down because of that. I'm like, damn, Pete Rock. Right. I, I guess I will just reminisce over you now. Uh, how you right. used I'm to like, be. You're embarrassing us. Uh, you're embarrassing us. Anyway. But also, I want to say, Noah, that's actually, uh, to just cap this, um, when people offend a specific group or, you know, anyone, it's never the responsibility of people who are their fans or whoever to, like, accept their apology. So the fact that you said you read his apology and you thought it was sincere, to me, means more than me thinking that because I wasn't the person who was sure. offended. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, see, look okay. at look all at good. Us. Moving forward in positivity I, and love. Well, yeah, and yes. I think that's what that's really what's going on. I think it just shows how fraught the whole environment is and how tense everything is. And there's because it's palpable. I mean, the the but aside from the financial, economic, and existential risks that have already existed that are only being exacerbated by the pandemic now. They're att- we're attempting to have some kind of reckoning with white supremacy and systemic racism in the country on top of like a thing where we're like, what's going to happen in the election? Is this going to be some kind of total fuck fest? What, what is going to happen? We just don't know. So yeah, it's uh, very tense times, which is why we all got to just take a second and remember, you know, 
we're all gonna we're all on the same team. Most Amen. of the time. Most Amen. of the time. Yeah. Most of the time. I would say actually most of the, yeah, ninety nine percent of the time. Unless you're in that one percent. Husky Pomeranians, you guys need to fucking stop with designer breeding. I don't know Ooh. who all you are, but I have seen too many fucking Husky Pomeranian mixes in my Craigslist searches for puppies I will not adopt. Here's the fucking thing. When I came on this podcast a few months ago to talk about how I had chickens, some people replied to let me know that ro- roosters were extremely violent and would rape and murder hens. Um, and that's why, you you know, you had to have tremendous amounts of hens to one rooster or else the rooster will just like go crazy. I did some research because this was very upsetting to me and I found out that this kind of aggression in roosters is not natural and is the result of selective breeding. Uh. It is a, it is an unintended side effect of selective breeding for other traits like being fast growing, having large breasts, um, and uh, like not, you know, not developing certain kinds of diseases. Right. So the ro- the chickens that I have there is a very low probability, number one, that the roosters will turn out to be as aggressive. But the point is that when you selectively breed animals for certain traits, you are also breeding for other traits. And usually those traits are like... Ones you don't want. Neurological dysfunction. Yeah. Sure, sure. Right, right. Yeah. So that's why, that's why purebred dogs are so much more nervous and prone to developing different types of diseases than mutts, you know, or, or you know, like... Just dogs Inter- that are interbred. Yeah, interracial people, yes. Interracial people. <laughs> Famous. Um, interbred dogs. Yeah. But like, and when it comes to designer breeding, what you're doing, especially with this absolute monstrosity that is the Husky Pomeranian, and let me say this, first of all, very cute, very Holy cute dog. Holy shit, I'm just looking Absolutely. at it right now. Yeah, you're looking v- at it. What you're looking at here is a look. mini, mini Husky. It's cute. Yeah. But a Pomeranian is not a healthy dog. Mm. And it is not good. Yeah, Miles just saw one. <laughs> All right, now think about its joint problems, Miles. Yeah, fuck that. No, nah, I don't care. That's evil. Yeah, nuts. It's it sucks because I'm like, well, cute little, little husky puppy, and then I realize it's a, it's actually a fully yeah. grown husky pomeranian mix. And then it's and, like, kill me. <laughs> I mean, dude, pugs can't give birth naturally. Like pugs, they have to have cesareans because they can't give va- birth vaginally because they're so bread and the breathing issues like i had a friend who had a bulldog who was like you know they had to breed that flat ass face and it was like the end of its life was so horrific sounding i'm like your dog is dying and it's like fucking up our mushroom high in your backyard (laughs) can you do something (laughs) oh my god that's the worst thing to hear when you're high on mushrooms is a dying dog (laughs) yeah And you're um, looking at yeah. it, and it's like eyes, in its own yeah. body. And their yeah. eyes are watering, and it's like, please just help me, sir. <laughs> and I'm like tripping, so I'm like, yes, I will, sir. Tell me yeah. where to take you. <laughs> oh, <Bad man>. Cemetery. <laughs> yeah, like, and what's really fucked up and and truly overrated about these dogs is like nobody's getting a husky pomeranian. People people are breeding big dogs to be smaller so that they can get them in an apartment building that has weight limits. Right. Or travel with them. Or Or travel with them. The portable, yeah. And that's really fucking shitty, and it's really irresponsible, and it is not okay to get a dog when you cannot care for that dog, and it's even worse to interbreed a dog and do designer breeding to get a certain look and not think about the health of the dog and the needs of the dog. And it just makes me so fucking mad every time I see one of these cute ass puppies 
and I, they're so cute, and they make me so upset. <laughs> right. right. You're like, what's going on? You're like, I love this, and then it's a tragedy, but it's yeah. also cute, and I want to I love it, and it, I hate it. And I will Underrated give it a better and overrated. Home. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. It's like, I want to give it a little kiss on its tiny little head, but then I'm just like, huskies need to be bigger than that. Huskies need a lot of room, you know? Like, they're especially, especially in LA, this is a thing with, like, people get huskies, and they don't know how much work no. they are. They're really smart dogs. They're really big. They're very good at getting out. You have to have a very high fence, you know, like they have a very strong prey instinct. And I just can't tell you how many fucking ads I've seen of like, we got a husky and we didn't realize that we would need to walk it it every day. We didn't realize. Yeah, we didn't realize what it was. We didn't fucking Google it, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, just please, saw one please, on a walk yeah. and we're like, that's do we, beautiful. You know, just to Blue like, eyes? you know, be cultural historians, do we, how far back do we take this mini dog trend? Because I feel like Paris Hilton made it like standard rich person accessory. But well, I'm it goes all the way back to the Chinese emperor. Right, right, right. But I'm thinking like in now, like sort of mm. how modern, like m- the modernity in modernity right. and how we're looking at it now, like how that's really sort of reasserted itself as like this. Like sort of class Paris, signifier yeah. almost too, where it's like dogs Paris are putting also a chihuahua. Yeah, Paris putting a chihuahua in a purse was like a very big. This is an accessory thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, and then yeah, it it is designer. It's being designed for its looks and without any conception of what what the what its insides are like or what the experience and, of like, the dog is. People be don't. Like. People don't just want to get chihuahuas a naturally small dog, right? Because they're very nervous and like and their heads yeah, are all big. They're well, I, think I don't like cute, that big ass brain on them. The other thing about chihuahuas is they're way less nervous in like the wild or when they're feral because they run in packs. They run in packs of like eight or yeah. ten, and they can oh, take yeah. down a coyote. So if you put a chihuahua with a bunch of other chihuahuas, I mean, immediately it's, it's chaos. Yeah, but then <laughs> but then later <laughs> when they bond. They're like they help each other, and that's it's why not like fun one to chihuahua have around the house, but it's <laughs> it's natural. They're safer, right. yeah. When a chihuahua is like barking all the time, it's because it's like I'm the only fucking chihuahua here. Hello, hello, hello. hello? That's hello? what it says. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys aren't gonna bite anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a quick break, and we're gonna be right back and get into some stories. And we're back. Uh, Arise, <laughs> what is something that you think is underrated? Something that is underrated. Ooh, geez, that's hard. Like, is there something that you're enjoying that is not popular? Or something I know, you think but that that's people... so many things. I'll say I'm underrated. How come none of y'all have heard of me? I know all, all y'all listening to this. <laughs> I'm, I'm who the fuck I am. I've I'm, no, I'm, okay. I'm, been knowing you. Uh, no, because I had this talk with the Global Fashion Exchange, and it was real, and it was about Black Lives Matter, because... If you have me on, you can't be canceled. I cover all bases. <laughs> so like, it's like, okay, we can talk about queer shit. The magic bullet. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I'm like, haha. But um, I finally have an advantage in life. Thanks. <laughs> isn't that so, but isn't that so fucked up to think about though? Like, I it know is. we are all have probably been approached, have had opportunities to do things, and it's on a wave of. Yeah, we got problems. Uh, with it's the, a big, the, it's a big problem. The complexion or diversity in this campaign or this workplace, mm-hmm. and it 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 has like that fucked up way of fucking with you. Also, of like, damn, like, am I? Is this because I deserve it? No, or is they it because people more powerful? Of course. I mean, I think yeah. Look, between all the therapy and books I've been reading, I'm definitely not second guessing myself like I used to anymore. Mm-hmm. But that is like this sort of secondary effect where they're like on one level. I think we all laugh where it's like, yep, look at 
A lot of people about to get hired, get raises and things like Look that. Look at but, my African-American. Yeah, but half the time is, not half, 98% of the time it's done for the complete wrong reasons. And I think we were talking about this at the very beginning. While it's welcome because you need to do something, It you also want it to feel like it's because people are also simultaneously understanding what the situation is and their part in helping rather than like, Okay, man, we look fucked up, but it's like a thing, though, too. I've just, you know, it's 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 a it's another element where even the as as you as we see opportunities for diversity inclusion, there's some of a lot of the offers are still kind of tainted in this way that don't feel like it's because we're actually moving forward in the way we need to. And and we'll get to that, too, as we talk about. But as a scammer. I don't care how I get through the door. That's, uh, hey, as long as I get hey, in that bitch. Yeah. And like, we're we're all exceptional here. We're exceptional Negroes. Mm-hmm. So when we get there, we're going to be exceptional. So it yeah. doesn't matter. For me, I don't worry as much about white folks' intentions just because as much as I wish that the majority of white people would be kind... I just, you know, I'm from the South and that's just not been Same. my experience. Mm-hmm. And I still love the white folks in my life who are friends and family. My mother mm-hmm. right now is about to be published. She's completely redoing the HR in her company. Uh, mm-hmm. She has everyone reading White Fragility and they're not allowed to do whataboutisms and they're not allowed to like speak in certain ways like when they're in these big meetings. And like yes. she's educating people and she's also bringing them. She had a white man tell her that her his son, who is gay, had would not speak to him for more than five minutes on the phone. And then when he started reading White Fragility and she started reforming the whole HR department, he said he called his son and he was like, did you think I was racist because I voted for Trump? And he was like, absolutely. That's why I don't talk to you. Like, you are a racist and you're against the rights of my people and what I need. And he said he started crying. They had an hour and a half conversation. So I was like, you know, if you get rid of the racism in your life, you it, it does enhance your life. Like yeah, you, you free yourself from a cage <laughs> yeah. you put yourself in where you right. just think you're better than everyone else. And it also puts a big pressure on you where you have to be better than everyone else of the time. Turn that shit off. I'm yeah. tired as hell. <laughs> Just anyway, saying. so back to people not knowing who the fuck you are. Oh, I didn't mean right. to digress because <laughs> okay, that was really the quick. main point. Okay, I didn't well, want to get sidetracked with oh, the social justice fine. bullshit. You're fine. I wasn't going to forget. I, was like, I wasn't going to forget. But this is a good motherfucking conversation. Yeah, That's yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> no, but I will say I was talking to the Global Fashion Exchange, um, and which is like this big whole fashion network that like controls what happens in fashion, like how skinny models are allowed to be, this and that. Anyways, and so I was talking to them on their live on Instagram. And they said, what's the biggest disservice that happens to you as a model? And I said, well, I said, if you Google top 10 models, uh, top 10 transgender models on the planet of Earth, I'm there. I said, if you Google top black model, black trans models, I am there. I said, I want you to name two other black trans models. I said, and that is a disservice because I'm not even rich. I'm the Mm -hmm. most famous one in the world. And I'm not even rich because y'all aren't diverse or inclusive at all. Right. So don't ask right. yourself why I'm not in the Burberry ad. Ask Burberry why they're racist. <laughs> like oh. ask, ask do, you, them. do people ask you some dumb shit like that? They're like, Arise, how come you're not like in this thing? Like yeah, without no, completely time, acknowledging, it's like, are yeah. you aware of the hurdles like that society yeah, like, you, in this industry have put in front of me? They're like, have right. you? How come you've never walked Versace? I'm like, well, I've been a model since I was 17, been openly trans since 19. I'm about 33. They had about 13 years to get it right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm gonna say. They never got it right. And yeah. so I'm I'm pointing the finger at all of them because you never made the right decision and you make the trends. You tell everyone what's beautiful. And that's why you having two black models is not diversity on the runway. That's why you having one Asian model is not fucking diversity on the runway. You have 42 white models. What the fuck is that? Yeah. In New York Fashion Week, I can't walk down the street in New York without hitting nine black people on the shoulder. 
right. with, with one block. <laughs> I'm right. just saying, how do you have a whole runway with 42 white women go down and pretend like we don't buy clothes too? Girl, girl I mean, I always we, look at it. We are consumers. The, the, the African American population, like, is when it comes to like GDP and like how much money we spend, it's and frivolous absolutely shit. insane. Yeah. Oh, we love, we listen, love I love a shoe love and a we bag. We love the flex. I yeah. love drip or drown. Drip yeah. or drown. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. Yes. yes. But Aris, I you know what's crazy is like I've never obviously spoken to you, but as soon as I saw your face, I instantly was like, I know this person. That's why I Googled you because I was like, I know her. Like I've definitely seen her face like mm-hmm. many times. So the good thing is, is like you got the Naomi Campbell, so you're gonna be looking young forever. And now that they everybody getting woke, you about to be in everybody campaign chat. That's why you said I, around thirty three. Also, don't get specific I, with the age. Right? I was like, I had to hit that old girl stride. I'm like, I'm about to be on the old L'Oreal boxes with gray hair. I'm like, thanks for finally no. catching up, America. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I won't have a wrinkles in my name. So sorry. Yeah. All right, that's gonna do it for this week's weekly zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, means the world to Miles. He he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye.